0: All right, all right, NBA podcast is back. This is the NBA edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm your host, Sleepy J, joined here by NBA betting expert Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie and I, we're going to go ahead. We're going to chop up the Saturday NBA card. Uh, before we do that, Mackenzie, first couple of days of the NBA season are down, done, and out of the way. How you been feeling about the NBA
1: action thus far? Love it. My favorite sport, best players in the world doing their thing. And uh, it's nice to see Zion back. I, I'm not going to lie. Well, only, only 7 for 19 today, but he's just different. And uh, the Pelicans look amazing. Uh, they're going to be a tough team to beat. Feeling pretty good about our team win total of the year. Pelicans over 45. Looks pretty good after a uh, 2-0 straight up an ATS start for the Pels. That does look pretty good, I'll tell you that. I'm loving
0: it already. As you mentioned, it's nice to see Zion back. Nice to see Dame Lillard back. Yep. Had a big game tonight. I will say this, Mackenzie. The Rookie of the Year wagers that we gave out, the Banchero one, that dude's for real, man. I don't know if you've been watching him,
1: but that dude's for real. Grant Hill, LeBron James. Those are the two other players to have a first game 25-5-5 and style like Paolo did. Banchero, that is. Decent. Rookie of the Year plus 180 was a decent bet. It was better bet after the draft at 4-1, which I gave out. Follow me on Twitter at Rivers. Certainly going to be fun to watch that guy go ahead and play
0: out the entire season. It's nice to see the magic actually with somebody on their team that's actually quite good. What else is quite good here, Mackenzie? If you guys have been following us along, Mackenzie and I, yes, we do our main RJ Bell's Dream Preview on Tuesdays and Fridays. But throughout the week on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Mackenzie and I have been doing quick podcasts. And those are on our Twitters at SleepyJ underscore pregame at Mack and Rivers, and Mackenzie goes 3-0 and the first night, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, what a debut you had. I'm like, how the hell am I going to answer that? I'm like, even if I go 2-1, and I'm happy, but I'm like, if I could go 3-0, and that would be pretty cool. Mackenzie, I don't know if you saw the results tonight
1: that we gave out. How'd we do? Well, let's see. Wizards minus one and a half. Cashed. Got there. One by two. The Wizards did over the Bulls. Rozier had 23 early in the fourth quarter. That was no sweat. And then I think 125 points scored in the first half of Warriors Nuggets. That was no sweat. So 3 0. Nice job, man. I can't lie. I was like, 3 0. That's going to be tough to beat. That's going to be very tough to beat for my man sleep. But uh, you were up to the challenge. And uh, we are 6 0 now on our new daily pod. Check it out. Check us out. There we go, baby. Party time. Party time. Winner. Party time.
0: Ooh. Do the wolf.
1: Do the wolf. Ooh. Do the
0: pelican. Do the ah. pelican. It's six and oh, all right. So, six and oh, with our quick pods, Mackenzie, you're gonna have to go ahead and pick it up on Monday. Maybe we can go ahead and just keep this roll going. I mean, we have a pretty simple process we sell each other the picks, and then one of us has to buy it. And, and we've been pretty, we, we're in like a no lose situation. It was like, you know, we did the best that we could, we gave each
1: other the best stuff that we had. Yeah, you're picking into a vat of three white marbles, hoping to pick a white marble. Uh, not too tough. Uh, and to recap, we pick one side, one total that we like can be a derivative total and one prop. That's the uh, setup that we've done so far. I, I want to ask you, was that I mean, I just picked three picks. I didn't know that was the necessarily the format. You came back the next day and had the same three uh, categories of picks. Is, is that is that written in stone or is it just the three best picks we have uh, on that day of the week? Well, there's no way in hell we can change it now. We're 6 and
0: 0. So we found <laughs> we found a good little rhythm, but honestly, I think it helps us, you know, become better handicappers. If we're just doing sides, then then you're just locked in on sides, but you know that we also give out our agreed player prop bet at the end of every podcast. So, you know, if we're doing our our fair share of prop bets, we're doing our fair share of sides and totals, I think we're going to end up really dialing in early in the season and, you know, according to, you know, all the stuff that we've done with our Preview podcast. I mean, the Pelicans looking good right now. We're 6 0 with the quick pods. We gave out a couple picks on the NBA Dream Pod already back on Tuesday that looked pretty good. So,
1: our process is working well. I, I i don't think we touch a damn thing right now, Mackenzie. I got no problem with that. You mentioned our win total of the year looking pretty good. Our division win of the year bet is interesting in the Northwest because after the first game, the Nuggets somehow lost to the Jazz. That seemed miraculous. And I'm like, wow, Nuggets are already going to lose to the Jazz. We're going to clean up. In the Northwest, Minnesota Timberwolves plus 140. Then the Jazz played the Timberwolves and beat them. So now I don't know what to make of the Northwest. Still feel decent about that plus 140 odds, but obviously I would have felt a little bit better if the Timberwolves got it done tonight.
0: All right, well, we'll talk a little bit about the Utah Jazz in a little while. Uh, here's what we have for you guys thus far after we got done pounding our chest. We have a game between the Cavs and the Bulls that Mackenzie and I are going to talk about. We're going to talk about the Grizzlies and the Mavs, but I think what a lot of people came here for, Mackenzie. It's our first ever Fezic bankroll bet. Mackenzie and I have a wager. Yep. We got down on that. Fezic got us down on that. We got the screenshot. Fez actually put a little bit more down than we had expected. So it's going to be interesting to that pick. You guys are going to have to follow along here in this podcast to find out what that is. But Mackenzie, I do want to ask you, uh, before we jump into these games here for Saturday, if you had to pick which team was the most
1: impressive right now through the first two games, who would that team be? I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics, and there are a few teams to choose from here. The Pelicans are definitely an option team that we liked coming in in. But the Celtics, all the turmoil, and then two of the toughest games they could face on the road in Miami uh, Friday night, and then hosting the Sixers, who all the money came in on them early. Uh, two very tough matchups, one convincingly both. I'm going to say the Celtics' most impressive team so far. All right, I would
0: slightly disagree with you and say that it is the Pelicans, And the reason being is because the Pelicans had to go on the road twice, and they won both of those games. And they beat Brooklyn in the first game. That was probably an intense situation. And to go into Brooklyn and have Zion Williamson show up the way that he did and then have to play again on the road, I thought maybe let down. And maybe Zion let down, but Valanchunas did not. That guy, I mean, he single-handedly was just crushing the Hornets tonight. So I felt like the Pelicans, the fact that they played two games on the road came off of a Brooklyn win, and went back on the road again and took care of business again, I felt like the Pelicans right now uh, probably have the most impressive performances uh, over two games. But, look, Boston's doing their job, and we just talked about them, you know, on one of our quick pods. We talked about their head coach maybe being head coach of the year. He's doing a damn fine job already, you know, with that team. All right, so with all that out of the way there, Mackenzie, let's go ahead, let's jump into some Saturday games here. Let's start it out with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They'll be on the road at your Chicago Bulls. Current line in this game right now, Cavs minus one and a half. Mackenzie,
1: no total for this game yet. How are you feeling about the Cavs at the Bulls? I got to lean to the Cavs here. The Bulls are in an interesting schedule spot. Ran this query. Teams that are road, road, and then play their season opener in game number three at home. Those teams are only 45% ATS. It makes some sense to me where there's all this excitement build up for the regular season season. You kiss your your wife goodbye, your kids goodbye, whatever. I'm not. These are young, 25 year olds. Some of, a lot of them don't have kids, but you set your affairs in order. And you go out on the road, and you win, you lose, whatever happens. You play your first two games on the road, then you're at home. I feel like the season, the freshness of the season is kind of worn off, kind of taking the edge out of that raucous crowd that might start the season, and you are coming back. I mean, this is a trend that we've talked about a lot. You have some distractions coming back. After your first road trip of the season, trying to remember all your patterns, all your situational things. So t- I'll talk about the the playing style and the matchup that I see in this game that also makes me lean towards the Cavs. But just situationally, we've seen road teams in the NBA so far. 16 up ATS, only 11 down. So after the most successful road team regular season ever last year, started off even hotter this year. Road teams uh, makes me think the home court advantage is not much here. I have the Cavs. Four points better than the Bulls. Strong lean to the Cavs here. Cavs are going to be rested. They only
0: played one game so far this season. Cavs coming off of a tough loss. I thought they looked pretty good in game number one. And we'll talk a little bit more about them further on down the card. Do you have anything else that you want to go ahead and cap that off with?
1: Yeah, just to be specific, Zach Levine, we do expect to play some minutes in this game. He's been dealing with off-season knee injury, knee surgery that he's coming back from, ramping up from. But he'll be limited here, not expected to play his full workload. And the Cavs' defense gives you very little options. It's going to be a lot on DeR- DeRozan's shoulders with a limited Levine to keep pace. And a no Darius Garland for the Cavs, that's a major concern. But I think Donovan Mitchell just slides over and plays point guard. So that's wh- that's why I'm not as concerned in this matchup. That's why they added Mitchell, to have more firepower, another playmaker. All right, so Mackenzie Rivers is going to go ahead. He's going to lean there
0: to the Cleveland Cavaliers, minus the points. Let's jump over to our next game here, Mackenzie. we got the Grizzlies. They'll be on the road here at Dallas. Current line in this game Dallas minus five. We have a total of two twenty and a half. and a half. Mackenzie, this looks like an interesting game. Certainly one that's going to be filled with a ton of highlights. John Morant on one side, Luka Doncic on the other.
1: Any particular wager for this one? You know, we made these lines earlier than I ever made any lines. You know, we're excited about the Fez bankroll bet, talking as early as early Thursday about these matchups. And, um, It's exactly where my power ratings had it. You know, I had Mavericks slightly better and they're at home. And with the Grizzlies coming off a back-to-back on the road, that's usually a two-point disadvantage. I make this number five and a half for the Mavs and it's five. So all that prep just to be verified by the market. I'm interested in the total here because the Grizzlies have been playing very fast tempo to start the season Taking advantage of the new transition rule, they got down against the Rockets, but were able to come back and actually cover many numbers if you got early six and a half versus the Rockets. Playing this style, Morant, 49 points. I feel like he's the one player that will benefit from the fact that you can't just take a foul to stop transition opportunities. And the Mavericks are exactly the opposite. We've talked about the struggles that Chris Paul has had. By the way, he went under tonight versus the Blazers now six games in a row. Check that. Seven games in a row dating back to last season's playoffs that Chris Paul's gone under his point total. Morant is completely the opposite point guard. Not uh, savvily, you know, in the post, working the elbow, working the half court, but charging down the court full speed. So it might be like a a culture shock for this Mavs defense. that's had a lot of success against Paul as a point guard. Morant's a different animal. Uh, I lean to the over here. I feel like the Mavericks are going to... Uh, fall behind and try to catch up playing the grizzly style but um, probably not going to play it you know much stronger lead to the Cavs in the last game here uh, it's more of a wait and see I think one of the reasons
0: why I would actually consider going ahead and back in Dallas here is the way that they lost the last game there McKenzie you know, we talked about Chris Paul a good bit and the fact that he didn't play in the fourth quarter Well, think about that for a second Dallas ended up dominating the first half of that game and then the second half They allowed 31 points in the third, 31 points in the fourth, and no Chris Paul was even on the floor. It was like they just fell asleep or that they were shell-shocked by this Phoenix Suns team. And I think that that gets brought up in the meetings, that this team cannot go ahead and falter and just let leads like that slip away. There's no reason in hell that the Dallas Mavericks should have lost that game. So I actually think Dallas comes out here with an even stronger effort in the first half on the defensive side of the ball. I'm not necessarily sure what the Memphis team total is going to be, McKenzie. I'm guessing somewhere in that 109 area, I would consider actually playing Memphis under uh, either in the first half or for the entire game. I believe Dallas will come in here with a conservative effort on defense to try to slow down this Grizzlies team. And the Grizzlies have actually looked pretty good on offense, but they did play the Knicks and they did play the Rockets. But I think there's a totally different animal going into Dallas with Dallas coming off of a loss throwing up that game against phoenix so i would look for the mavericks to actually have a better defensive effort especially in the first half of this game and then god only knows what they'll come out with in the second but i think in the second half they won't have
1: lapses you know like they did in the last would you agree with kind of that thinking and where i'm going with that you raised some great points and actually got my mind uh, uh spinning on the mavericks being a very particular team in that the setting the venue is a great indicator of what the pace is going to be like. So this is something that we took advantage in last year's playoffs, especially in this matchup or the playoff matchup between the Suns and the Mavericks. When the Mavericks were at home, they dictated pace. And how do the Mavericks like to play? Very methodically, very slowly. So if they got the message from Jason Kidd, and after that blown lead in that game, if they come in and play, we're going to play Mavericks basketball and still our style, then yeah, the under and the Grizzlies under makes a lot of sense. So to put some numbers on it, last year when they were at home in AT&T Center, Arena Center, something, they're AT&T something there in Dallas, 13 overs, 32 unders in the regular season in playoffs. So by far a 72% unders, that was by far the biggest contrast home in a road for any team. When they were away, 52% overs. So 72% unders. In Dallas, slightly more overs than unders on the road. So I think you've keen into something here. If the Mavericks are able to play their style of basketball, I do think they're going to slow the pace down exactly like you say.
0: All right, well, that makes me feel pretty good. I might actually take a look at that and see what those lines drop uh, for the first half in the game. Let's go ahead and let's try to save you guys some money. All you have to do is simply go over to pregame.com, pick up any pick package from any of the pregame pros, and enter code MAC20. That's M-A-C-K-20. If you want to specifically go ahead and buy Mackenzie Rivers, you guys will save 20% on any purchase for Mackenzie. Mackenzie started out the NBA season hot. Right now, he's rocking and rolling, as you guys can see. Mackenzie, where do they find you over at pregame.com?
1: You want to go to the buy pick section? You'll see me uh, in front of the palms, I think it was. I took that Vegas photo (laughs) and uh, crazy hair and everything. And, yeah, that's how you know I'm locked in. But I'm too locked in for a haircut. Uh, But for real, though, go to pregame.com. Put a lot of work into my write-ups, into my process. Uh, I think people get better together, working together, understanding each other's thinking. That's how I approach it as a handicapper. Really grateful for all the support this month and hope to keep it going. And, uh, yeah, check me out at pregame.com. Use that promo code MAC20. All
0: right. Well, when we hit our best bet and we hit our physic bet, We're sending you out for an immediate
1: haircut. (laughs) I got one since then, since that photo. It's not quite as bad, but uh, I think it's uh, illustrative of uh, my mindset. I don't care about much other than trying to get better at my craft. I mean, I could do anything, and I don't think there's anything I would like to do more than handicapping the NBA and learning from the other best handicappers in the world, many of which Steve Fezzik, Sleepy J, AJ Hoffman, Scott Seidenberg, you can find at pregame.com all committed to their crafts, thrilled to be part of the community here. All right, well, I actually thought you looked half-decent there, Mac, with your haircut, but you guys can save some
0: money. Get yourself a nice haircut, too. If you need one, make sure you guys enter that code MAC20. Uh, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and let's talk about a hot topic here, there, Mackenzie. I want to tell you when Vegas is wrong, and I believe, even though we're only two games into the season, one game into the season for some of these teams, that Vegas is wrong right now. On the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz season win total closed at 23 and a half. Mackenzie I'll tell you right now this is not a 23 and a half win basketball team. Here's why. They opened up the season against the Denver Nuggets. They took care of them put up a ton of points in that game and then they went on the road and they played the Minnesota Timberwolves and took care of that team and the Utah Jazz were down by 15 points in the first quarter. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Minnesota Timberwolves have 25 more games on their win total than the Utah Jazz. It's 48 and a half. And the Denver Nuggets season win total is at 51 and a half, and the Utah Jazz beat them. It's not like Utah's just going out there and barely winning these games. They're putting up quite a bit of points. Clarkson, Conley, Vanderbilt, Markinen, Beasley, these guys are all showing up. They're all shooting. Maybe it's just a hot streak, McKenzie. I don't know. But I'll tell you right now, this does not look like a 23 and a half win total team. I think that Vegas is wrong on this team. I'm not sure if you see any numbers that say any different, but if there's anything you can come up with to say that Vegas is actually right right now with Utah,
1: I would be highly interested in that. First of all, let me just set something straight. I've been getting um, pressurized on Twitter. Let me just say Mia culpa. Mike Conley is not the best jazz player. <laughs> to say that, I'll admit it, probably somebody else. All right, with that out of the way, I am going to play Devil's Advocate here. I'm going to say the Jazz win 25 games only. Vegas might be a little wrong. They might have been a little more pessimistic than necessary about Danny Ainge's reclamation project. But two games does not sway me that much, especially because, yeah, you mentioned they blew out the Nuggets and they won over the Timberwolves in overtime. They shot over 40% from deep in each of those games. I feel like they're playing with house money. They're playing free. They feel maybe a little bit disrespected. Uh, you know, Props to their new coach, assistant out of Boston. Not swayed, though. I'm not saying they're going to win 30 games plus. Uh, two games is just two games. And I think, uh, I don't know, I'll ask you, how many games do you think they win? Well, I think the 30 games plus is interesting.
0: Because here's a situation with this team. They've already won two games. They have to go on the road and play New Orleans. Let's just say that they they somehow beat New Orleans. I don't believe that that's going to happen. I think they're probably going to be you know somewhere around an eight nine point dog in that game. Believe it or not, even though you got a two and oh team, but then they play Houston back to back games. If by chance this team starts out five and O McKenzie or let's just say four and one, they just come right out of the gate. It's like well, we were wrong on this team. I think their season win total is going to get adjusted a little bit too much, even this early in the season where maybe Vegas reacts quickly and says, you know, we're close to Utah. We might end up with one of these crazy weekends where, you know, we get pounded with these bets for Utah over Utah over. And maybe we can get a little bit of value in that sense. But here's what I think, Mac. I actually think what Ainge is going to do with this team is he's going to sell this team off. And I feel very, very strongly about that, that there's going to be a high point with this Jazz team. And I believe it's going to be right here in the beginning of the season. Because if this team started out already 2-0, if they can miraculously end up with some 4-0, 5-0 record, we're going to get, I think, a massive adjustment from the Vegas oddsmakers that we could take advantage of before ains sells this team off. He's already made that clear that that's what he wants to do. He wants to dump these people. So I, I don't think Clarkson's going to be there. I don't think that Conley's going to be there. I wouldn't even be surprised if they get rid of and This team got a lot of draft picks for Mitchell. They're, they're trying to get more. I believe this team's going to tank probably get maybe the number one pick number two pick this year. So I'm, I'm actually excited
1: to go ahead and start betting the jazz under, but I want to wait just a couple more games. Now you're speaking my language. Now you're speaking my language. Vegas is wrong. The jazz are a lot better than we thought because they're two and zero straight up in ATS. Uh, Drake puts his hand up. We should take advantage of the jazz winning a couple of games early in their easy up, upcoming schedule because they are still have the same priorities that they had at the beginning of the season or beginning of the summer when Danny Ainge was brought in there to lose a lot of games so that they can get Victor Wenbenyama or somebody and they can start that Celtic-style rejuvenation down the road, Drake puts his thumbs up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm into that. I mean, let's just play it out here. They were 23-and-a-half, got slammed under, was 32-and-a-half for a while. Uh, I know a friend of a friend who... Um, Put tens of thousands of dollars on the Jazz under I was not uh one of the I did not put tens of thousands of dollars on the Jazz under 32 and a half but um when I when I heard about it I said that makes a lot of sense when, went down to 23 and a half they trade away Donovan Mitchell they trade away Rudy Gobert earlier than that um and they this the story is in the the reports have been written the Jazz are tanking 23.5 is a low number. By far the lowest number. Or I guess the Spurs are right there, but one of the lower numbers in the league, I should say. Now they get two un- unsurprising wins. Let's say they had no fractional wins. They were really supposed to win like a quarter of those games, like maybe .4 or .24 wins per uh, game of the first two, but they won two. So let's just give them two fresh wins. So that 23.5 becomes 25.5. They play the Rockets twice. I think the Rockets are one of the worst teams in the league. I don't think they have any... Gleams of hope. I think a good coach and a motivated crew with a very veteran crew like the Jazz have. I mean, Mike Conley been through wars. Uh, Kelly Olenek's been through wars. Laurie is a veteran in this league. They might beat the Rockets. They might beat a young Rockets team. They might beat them twice. Now the narrative starts to get going. Now the media, or maybe not so much the media in this case, because they're still one of the worst teams in the league. But the followers of the NBA start to ask the same question that you're asking today, did Vegas get this wrong? Are we way off on the Jazz? If they're five and one, I might have upgraded in my power ranking one point. You know, I've upgraded them one point so far, so maybe another point, maybe a half point. Probably not. If they beat the Rockets, this doesn't shock me. It's not something that I'm not expecting. I think they're better than the Rockets is currently constructed. So they will have barely been bumped in my power ratings. But I think that 23 and a half we could have got at the beginning of the season is going to be like 28 and a half, 29 and a half. That's when I think we slam the unders. This is a new phenomenon where William Hale, other books, are reposting win totals. And I think they're ripe to take advantage. When a team gets a little bit better than expected, results probably are not that far off from the baseline we expect them to be. That's when I think we we strike. From memory, do you have a specific time to where most teams typically will start selling off
0: and dumping their players? Because if we can't get this early, maybe we could get at it later but we want to beat the market, obviously. So from your recollection, do you know of any teams in
1: specific that have just dumped all pretty much at the same time? Yes, I think there are several key examples that come to mind when looking at this Jazz team. So the Thunder, the last couple of years, have been great ATS early in the season and have lost like every single game after March. The Pacers last year, they were bad, middling to bad, and then they blew up their team around late February. I think when the college basketball conference tournaments are starting to pick up, and the NBA becomes a little bit mm. on the second page of basketball news, that's when teams start really thinking about the long term perspective. When people, uh, you know, kind of look away, is when they say, "Okay, let's." What are we really doing here in this particular situation? I think we can bet it now, understanding that this is an inevitability in three four months. If again, if the Jazz are five and one, and someone sets a win total of twenty nine and a half, I am very happily going to go bet under because that implies twenty four more wins from that spot. When this Jazz win, this Jazz team was supposed to win twenty four games all season. Again, they've been red hot. They've probably felt disrespected. They've been playing with house money. Good for them. But the organization still has the same goals. Danny Ainge still has the same goals. So however good they, good or not good they are right now, I agree with you. There's going to come a point where Jordan Clarkson's on the trade block. Kelly Olinick might get moved. Mike Conley probably for his sake and the team's sake should move on and see if he can help uh, a veteran team coming off the bench probably. But yeah, I think we bet it now, assuming again that they start off red hot and they continue this unexpected streak, knowing that may- maybe it's in January, maybe it's in February, maybe it's in March, at some point, They're pulling the plug on competing this season. Well, I'm glad we didn't, you know, just go ahead and throw down 10 racks uh, on this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I do think that there is one thing that's actually might be helpful here for Utah is the fact that, you know, these guys are looking good. So they're going to look really appealing, you know, to a team that might need a Jordan Clarkson or or a Markanen or a Mike Conley down the road. So uh, it seems like we have two sell points, but hopefully, you know, we can go ahead and get this team to go ahead and do what we're hoping that they can do. And maybe we can just go ahead and sell them early and go ahead and play them under their team total. A good conversation there, McKenzie, on where I think Vegas was wrong. Now it's time for us to go ahead and play NBA DreamPod Jeopardy with McKenzie Rivers. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to ask Mackenzie what player fits this crazy stat. If McKenzie gets it right, we will move on to Double Jeopardy. So, McKenzie, the first question is going to be worth 100 pregame.com bulk dollars. All right, so for the category a crazy NBA stat, in the new 2022-23 NBA season, these two players are the only two players to record a triple-double
1: in the new NBA season. That would be Pascal Siakam for the Raptors on Friday night, and I saw this game live, the second half at least. Nikola Jokic did it. Oh, man. Was the Warriors on Friday night? So Jokic and Siakam. You're taking away all my fun. Got to be tougher than that got to be harder than that. I'm going to try
0: again. All right, so this is a daily double there, Mackenzie. So you get to wager however much of your 100 pregame.com bulk dollars. I want to know what you're going to wager before I give you this question. How much of your $100 pregame bulk dollars are you willing to wager on this next question? I want to play it all. All right, so a true daily double here for Mackenzie Rivers. This L.A. Laker player, through two games, has played a total of of 58 minutes and has outdone himself
1: with 9 total fouls and 8 total points. 8 total points. So not Westbrook. He had, I think, 19 in the opening game. How many fouls was it? (laughs) 9. A very game showy of you. (laughs) Uh, Or spelling bee, maybe. Alright, trying to stall here a little bit. Um, Patrick Beverly, out of Chicago. Come on, man. I know you were searching on the computer. I was not. No, I honestly guessed that. All right. I'll go ahead. I'll
0: give it to you. The judges are giving me the thumbs up. Mackenzie Rivers goes 2-0 on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview NBA Podcast Jeopardy. Everybody give him
1: a round of applause. (laughs) I played with Patrick Beverly, not actually Patrick Beverly, but every single Chicago basketball court. There's some guy that's undersized and annoying everybody and talking every single play, every foul that wasn't or was not not called. And usually, those guys are pretty good defenders getting in your craw. So I know Patrick Beverly very well. You tell me he has more fouls than points, not surprised. Typically, where I'm from, those guys get beat up once a month. (laughs) (laughs) That happens.
0: (laughs) It It certainly does happen. Well, it's time to go ahead and make our featured pick of the podcast happen there. Mackenzie, this is time now. For the Fezic bankroll bet. And the pick is
1: the Detroit Pistons. Mackenzie, explain away. So we got the Detroit Pistons plus one, 1100 to win a 1,000. And this is the beauty of the Fez bankroll bet segment. Best better in the world, arguably, one of, has 30 outs. We made the handicap for Saturday's games. We said this is our best bet. This is the team we think is the most value on the board. He says, let me do you one better. He looks at his 30 outs, and he gets the best numbers. We like the Pistons. Take them on the money line. Minus one is okay. But we got them plus one, thanks to Fezzik. So great value there already. Let's get into why whatever number you get, plus one, money line, or minus one, this is a good bet. Both of these teams are off of a back-to-back. However, not all back-to-backs are created equal. The Pacers played a war versus the Spurs. The Pistons got to rest a bunch of their guys because they weren't really competitive in the second half versus the Knicks. The Pistons are the good, bad team of the NBA, to borrow a phrase from Bill Simmons. They're the team that beats all the other bad teams. They're the good, bad team. They're the class of the bad section of the NBA Power Ratings Board. So if you look, Pistons versus any of the other worst Rated teams on my power ratings list, and that's the Pacers, Spurs, Magic, and Thunder, and the Rockets. Those five teams. Last two years, Pistons are 11-4 and ATS. We saw that already this season. They were trailing early versus the Magic. They turned it on. Dwayne Casey has those guys playing like a medium team, like an like above-average team, when they face the dregs of the NBA. Pacers, I think, are worse this season. They are incorporating a rookie point guard, always dangerous. Pistons are the opposite. They had Cade Cunningham in last season to work out the kinks. Now they're ascending. We saw that the second half of last year. And they add Jay Ivory a play now shooting guard. I think Cade Cunningham's progression from one year to the next makes, in general, the Pistons about a point and a half better than what we saw them last. Pacers might be about a point worse. Market has not adjusted, in my opinion, Love this play. Detroit Pistons on the money line on the road at Indiana on Saturday. All right. I love that one there, McKenzie. We got the best number, but
0: here's the big advantage that I saw with these two teams. Buddy Heald cannot be the leading rebounder in this game against the Detroit Pistons. The Pacers right now, they're down their starting centers. Miles Turner is going to be out. Daniel Tice is going to be out. And if the Pacers can't win on the glass, I have to ask myself, Where can Detroit really take advantage of this Pacers team? And I believe that could be on the free throw line. The Indiana Pacers have racked up already 56 fouls in just two games. And coming off of the Spurs game, they racked up 34 fouls. So I worry about this young team. This is one of the concerns with this team is that they could be undisciplined, that they could be sloppy. And I think with Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivory getting to the rack as much as they do, that there's a pretty fair chance that we end up winning the free throw battle. And we end up winning the glass battle. And I think that puts us in a really good space to go ahead and get some free buckets there. So, Mackenzie, how are you feeling now about the glass and maybe the potential
1: free throw advantage? You make an excellent point. And last year with Miles Turner, okay, there was some trouble with Miles Turner. He was wanting to be traded for a reason, but they were on a 33 win pace when he was in the lineup. They fell off a cliff defensively without Miles Turner last year. Fast forward to this year, one game without Turner, they gave up 137 to the Spurs. By the way, I mentioned uh, teams playing their third game at home. The Bulls were in a bad spot because it was a way away home. If you, This is the Pacers' third straight home game. I don't think the fans are going to be that lit You know, after dealing with a terrible loss to the Wizards and a terrible loss to the Spurs, two bottom tier teams in general. I think any excitement in that building has left at this point. So I've already mentioned road teams this season, 60%, almost 59% ATS and teams like the Pacers here playing their third home game to start the season, only 37% ATS historically. Not that many sample, but a a decent sample here, 11 and 19 ATS. Uh, I like that being in our favor. I like this pick before that, because I kind of just, my feeling was that the home court advantage would not be that big here on the second night. Of a back to back for the Pacers after two terrible home losses. The numbers back it up here that teams playing their third game at home don't really have much of a home court advantage. We got the better team here in a spot that I don't think hurts them at all. Pistons. I think we're going to start 1 0 with this segment. Fez Bankroll bet. He'll be proud of us. Really like the Pistons money line. And I love the fact that we got plus one when nowhere in the world right now, an hour later, is that available. You got to get minus one at most places. So, uh, I think we're doing our job here.
0: You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you.
1: It seems like we've been doing our job
0: the last couple of days here, Mackenzie. You might have to start charging people to listen to this podcast, but no. Uh, in all seriousness, that that's what we're here for. I mean, we're here to give you guys the best number, and Mackenzie's out there doing the work that he does, and I'm doing the work that I do, and it seems like the results are pretty positive. Mackenzie, let's go ahead and let's get to our agreed player prop bet of the day, and this is an easy one, and as you guys just got the Pistons bet, I'm going to whisper so nobody can hear us, so this number is still around. You guys got to go to DraftKings, and you got to play Donovan Mitchell over assists. It's five and a half at minus 150. So that's where we're going. Donovan Mitchell over assists, five and a half, minus 150. Don't tell anybody, <laughs> but that's what we're playing. Mackenzie, how you feeling about
1: that wager? Well, I don't want to alert the bookies. I think you make a good point. Because this is something that the market uh, could clearly miss. When you have players in and out, when you have players on new teams, it's very hard to judge exactly how they're going to play. But I think we have good sample here and good logic to our thinking here. So Donovan Mitchell is a shooting guard for the Jazz forever. Mike Conley was his point guard. They were a backcourt duo. He's kind of an undersized shooting guard. Traditionally, I think he'd be more categorized as a combo guard, a point guard, shooting guard hybrid. Well, on the Cavs here, the idea was they're going to be interchangeable. Point guard Darius Garland, shooting guard Donovan Mitchell, sometimes they'll switch those roles up. Well, Darius Garland went down in the first quarter, of beginning of the second quarter, their first game against the Raptors. Donovan Mitchell said, okay, I'm the point guard now. That was the option. That was the only option, and they got back into the game with him at point guard. They were plus 11 with him on the court and with Garland off the court. That's how they almost came back against the Raptors. And by the way, assists, right? That's what we're, we're betting on. Nine assists in only 28 minutes for Mitchell when Garland was off the court. It's going to be off the court all 48 here against Chicago. I love Mitchell playing that point guard role to go over five and a half assists. So, Mackenzie, if we go ahead and we take the math
0: and we do all that and we just take what you just said, what would be Donovan Mitchell's expected assist being that Garland's off the court now? This entire game would it be somewhere
1: around maybe like 10.7 assists? Are we actually beating the market maybe by that much? Yeah, it's I mean, just the simple math of it: nine assists in 28 minutes. All right, let's say, you know, that's kind of cherry-picking because it was just a coincidence that Mitchell had zero assists when Garland was in the court, uh, got all nine of his assists after Garland left. So let's say nine and in thirty minutes, just uh or even thirty-six minutes to be conservative. All right, nine assists in thirty-six minutes, he's expected to play about 36 minutes so that's about nine assists we should expect uh and that's being conservative if I just said okay nine and 28 that's an 11 and a half assist projection twice this number literally double this number but we don't even need it to be that good conservatively if he plays like he did versus Toronto after Garland went down Mitchell should have nine or ten assists
0: and I do think one thing that could be a potential small advantage here McKenzie is that the total in the last game was a little bit lower than the total is in this game So I think this is a no-brainer bet there, McKenzie. Yes, we're going to go ahead. We're going to eat the minus 150 chalk here, and you guys can get this on DraftKings. But here's the thing is that I'm not going to guarantee the bet, but what will happen since we're eating this chalk, if this play loses, McKenzie's going to go ahead and do the hot chip challenge for the next podcast.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, not doing that, (laughs) Uh, no. But um, I don't think I will have to either. I really like this play. Even laying the juice here, it's gonna get to the window, and if it doesn't, I'll, I'll do something. Uh, I'll, I'll make it up to the people. But I don't know about the hot chip challenge. It looks kind of uh, precarious. I think it
0: would be hilarious to, to like if we
1: actually lost this bet. If you
0: ate the hot chip and you tried to do a podcast where you can't breathe, you can't talk. It's like <laughs> there you go, folks. That's Mackenzie Rivers. I can't get a handicap out because he uh he did something crazy. He like, got into some dumbass thing to do. <laughs> but hopefully that won't have to happen because I think we got a, a rock solid bet here. Uh, but that'll wrap it up, guys. So make sure you guys check us out here next Tuesday. And if you're looking for even more action, undefeated action, you guys can get us on our quick pods every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So that'll wrap up the NBA podcast right here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. You guys know where to find Mackenzie and I on Twitter. It's sleepyj underscore pregame at Rivers. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. For the NBA podcast, with that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on NBA Saturday. Enjoy the games.